Blog Talk Radio. Many people, few people, or whatever, 
but always centered in this you and the Lord. Never even centered on the speaker or anybody. Just centered on the Lord. Let him minister to you because many times, sometimes God will just take you away from even what the speaker is saying, and he'll take you and show you something he wants for you because it's not necessarily everything that I'm saying or anybody else is saying. It's the anointing of God's presence where you're at that gives you the opportunity to receive from him for what you have need of, you see. And that's what this program's all about. Expect from God, whether you, if you don't want to get in, if you know Jesus is your Savior, if you're sick in body, if you need delivered from something, if you're having some kind of problems, family, marital problems, or children problems, or whatever it might be, expect God to meet you, you see. He said in Psalms 46, 1, he's a very present help in time of need and time of trouble. So he's right here right now. The Holy Spirit of God is here right now. In fact, let's go to prayer right now, and let's just invite the Holy Spirit in and just ask him to bless this meeting tonight, okay? Agree with me now, all right? Heavenly Father, I just want to praise you. I want to lift up the name of Jesus. Father, as we lift Jesus up tonight, we just thank you for the wonderful privilege to be able to speak your word, Lord. And, Lord, I don't know what needs to be done here tonight, but you do. I can't do anything, Lord. I can't say anything, but you can, and I thank you that you will. And, Father, I ask you to give me the words to say tonight. Anoint me. Anoint the ears of the hearers. And I take authority over any negative spirit, any hindering spirit would try to disrupt from any listener tonight, from any of us. I take authority over you, Satan, and I command you out. I bind you and I cast you out of every listener's ears right now and out of every listener's household, including this household here that I'm speaking from, my household. I take authority over you. You have no place in this in Jesus' name. And, Father, I just ask for your anointing now just to flow upon me and flow through these airwaves here and to flow into the listeners right there. Just prepare their hearts, Father. Minister to him, Father, and for everything that's accomplished, we'll give you all the glory and all the praise for it. In Jesus' name we ask, and we thank you, Lord. And they all said, amen, and amen, and amen. Okay, tonight, the program is called Renewing Your Mind, the subject we're going to be dealing with. Now, you've heard that many times. You've heard the scripture. Uh, it pertains to that in Romans 12, 2, and I'll read here in a minute. Two things that this is about tonight. First off, it's a little bit different than what you usually talk about when you're saying about renewing your mind. It's, it's a, kind of a different slant. God's having me bring some scriptures in that pertain to that, the things that you and I need to keep in our mind, scriptures that we need to keep in our mind, and also how to deal with our minds, you see. We have to keep things in mind and know how to deal with our minds that we can maintain and be above it, that we can soar above the problems in this world. It's sort of challenges, not problems, but soar above the challenges or the negative things, the negative forces. Because in the world right now, there's many things that are going on, and unfortunately they say there's so many, I think there's 30, one-third of the people are, are, are drinking or they drink alcohol or drinking more. People are having heart attacks, or they're frightened, they're having mental issues. A lot of things are happening because of the thing called the spirit of fear. But I'm going to tell you something to really end the whole thing, and this is how I conclude everything that I talk to people. I constantly mention this. I've quoted this almost every week in Isaiah, about Isaiah 59:19. When the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, God raised up a standard against it. So when the enemy comes in, comma, like a flood, God raised up a standard against him. Now, here's the thing. Whether it's coming to you personally, that, that uh, force of hell is coming against you in your life personally, you're being attacked like you've never known before, or whether you're looking at the world, the political world, you're looking at the uh, world here in the United States or around the world, you're seeing evil forces come in like never before. But both places, you as an individual or the whole world itself, God is ready to raise up a standard against the forces of darkness and the forces of hell. People will try to speak the end. This is it. No more hope. It's all gone. But God. You see, everything has been put into the talk that people are saying now. You hear on the newscast or whatever, even though I don't listen to the newscast. But uh, the thing about it is you'll hear all those things said. 
where I hear people talking. You know, it's just it's a universal word. But the bottom line is, you and I are not part of that. They don't have anything here about God. It's all what man says and thinks. But you and I, as children of God, if we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but God, but God, God hasn't stepped up to the plate yet. And like I told a lady I was ministering to today, sharing with her, God, when he gets up to the plate, he hits a home run, doesn't he? He hits a home run, folks, for all of us. So keep that in mind. God has not entered into this thing like he's going to yet. So just remember that. So just be encouraged in your personal life. Be encouraged about this world for what God is going to do for the great revival that he's going to be working through his people. He's going to do a, a uh, intervention that only he can do as a sovereign intervention, only he can do himself, but then he's using his children, his remnant, to be the standard too. It's going to fight the, the perils of hell, demonic activity, and be used mighty to get people saved, healed, delivered, and set free, you see. We're part of that standard, the remnant army. He's going to do a sovereign part, and he's going to do a part through you and I as, as a part, as we are part of that army, you see. So be encouraged. Okay, I wanted to say that before I really get into the message here tonight, but the verse that I link with this, which is very familiar, is Romans 12.2. So if you have your Bible, just uh, pull that up, open up to Romans 12.2. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Okay? You've heard that many times, and really what that is telling us as individuals we need to prove the word of god in our life and we need to prove the word of god through our life to others to see as we renew our minds by the word of god not by our thoughts or what people are saying or what circumstances are or how it is so to speak as we renew our minds then we're going to get in the place where god really is of reality you see this is not real what's before us. You see, these things are happening. That's real, negative things and things like that. But something that's real also is what supersedes that, what is greater than that. Above sickness is healing, is wellness. Above poverty is prosperity, you say. Above discouragement is joy. Above depression is joy. You see, we supersede through the Lord in our lives. It's superseded by him above the feelings and the circumstances of, of this life, you see. This life is, this world is cursed. It's under a curse right now. It really is. But we aren't under a curse. We've, we've been redeemed from the curse through Jesus Christ, according to Galatians 3.13. But this world is in a, in a shape of negativity. You see, this, this, this world has satanic forces all through it. But you and I are equipped to deal with those things, you see, they're before us, they're around us, but they can't hurt us because we are greater than those things. The greater ones is inside of you and I, the greater ones. So we have to keep this in mind. There's some things we just have to recognize like that, that we are around us, but this isn't part of us. We can't leave it come into us and develop a mindset of it because if we do, we'll be thinking and acting like the world does. We have to keep our thoughts and mind above it. The only way we can keep our mind and our thoughts and our heart above it it's through renewing our mind by what? By God's word, right? Because God's word is an antidote for everything in this world that would try to hurt us. He says in Psalms 107.20, he said he sent his word to heal them and to deliver them from their destruction. That means the word of God. Jesus was the word. He was the living word. He was sent to deliver the people from the things that are out to destroy them. Now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, and we have the written word. And if we take that word, which is the same thing what Jesus said, we take that to heart and we believe that, we'll be delivered. He would be if he'd be standing before you and I. If Jesus be right here speaking instead of myself, it would be no different in the sense of what he would do because he operates in his word, you see, if we believe his word. As a matter of fact, it isn't Jesus the one that faith makes you well, but it's you receiving it. Remember when Jesus healed the sick, he said, Thy faith has made thee whole. So be it as unto your faith. As your faith be, so be it. In other words, it was dependent upon you receiving that word, you see, not him as a person in a sense of, oh, you're Jesus, so I'm well because you're Jesus. No, you had to believe it because, remember, uh, many people, when he was around, the lady had the issue of blood 
were touching him all over him, and he said, who touched me? And uh, the apostle said, well, hey, everybody's bound here bumping into you. What do you mean, who touched you? He said, I felt the virtue going out of me. And that's just like we as people, you see. We can be around him. We can say, I'm praying, I'm saying this, I'm doing that, I'm going to church. Oh, God, I know you do this. I know you're healed. I know you do that. But we can be like the crowd around him there. They're touching him, but no virtue is going out. But the woman with the issue of blood knew that she could touch the hem of his garment. She would be made whole. So we touch God through Jesus Christ by receiving what his word tells us, you see. And this is what we're going to talk about tonight, the word, because these scriptures that we're going to be going over, you and I need to take these at heart, and we need to keep them in our hearts, because if we don't, then we'd just be like anybody else, you see. We only have victory as we walk in the word. If we walk outside the word, we don't have the victory, you see. It's like an umbrella. It's our umbrella of protection, healing, and blessing. We stay under the umbrella of God. We've got it. We get outside that umbrella, no matter how long we've been under the umbrella, we're going to get it just like anybody else. So, you see, we have to maintain God's word in our lives. Okay, the scripture we're going to start out with, it says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, Casting down imaginations that every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay, the mind is the beginning of good and bad in our lives. Good things come to our mind. Bad things come to our mind. The devil comes to our mind. God comes to our mind, you see. But according to this scripture here, we have to take a look at what's coming at our mind. And does that pertain to the word of God and God, or is that the devil, you see? We have to discern that. And if it's not of God, what are we to do? He said we're to cast it down, right? So that is the filtering point, the filtering place that we have to cast down things that come against our mind, you see. And if it's negative, cast it down. Don't think about it, because if it says, uh, we'll give you an example. Uh, in the wintertime, it used to be people would uh, say it's flu season. They'd say, well, it's flu season. I guess I'm going to get the flu. We see the devil put that in your mind, and if you say, well, yeah, well, I hope not. Well, well maybe I will. See, you're, you're wrestling with that in your mind. You should, when that thing hits your mind, you're going to get the flu this, this year. Something's going to happen to you. I cast that down in Jesus' name. I don't receive that. But Jesus stripes him well, no place will come by my dwelling. This is God's property, out devil, in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, he has no right to do those things. He has no right. The only time he can do those things, if you permit him, you start just to talk to him back and forth instead of getting rid of him, you see. So cast them down right away. Cast things down that are not of God. Don't entertain them. Don't leave it come to your mind and then you start to think about it like, Thought comes to your mind, oh, I'm going to lose your job. You're going to lose your job. Well, I'm not going to lose my job. You're going to lose your job. And it keeps going on and on. And if you think about it more and more, before you know it, you'll say, you'll tell your, your uh, husband or your wife, your spouse, whoever it is, if you're a man, you're going to tell your wife, your woman, you're going to tell your husband, hey, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job. Well, you see, right there you done believed it, didn't you? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, right? Whether if it's God's word, it's faith. But fear comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Satan. So there's two things. You'll fear. If you're listening to Satan in these words, instead of getting rid of him, you're going to be walking in fear. If you're listening to God's word and applying God's word, you're going to be walking in faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. So you're only going to leave the word of God come into your mind, you see, into your filtering system because that's the filtering system is before you enter it into your heart, you see. So you must nip it in the bud. Before it gets down there, like you would swat a fly or swat a mosquito, you need to get rid of it right away. The problem with too many people is a thought comes to their mind, they start to think about it and dwell on it. And once they do that, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Just like if you dwell and stay in the Word of God, your faith going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, you see. So it's who you give your mind to. And you have to renew your mind and get it away from the negative thing because our minds actually are prone to negativity of the world, you see. That's why they have to be renewed. Evidently, God knew and he knows that, hey, your mind is not where it should be. It needs to be renewed in my word, you see. So that's something we have to do. We were born of the spirit, born again in our spirit, man, not born in our flesh, not born again in our mind. So it's up to you and I to get our mind in place, that when we get something in our spirit, man, our mind will accept it, and we will walk it out in our bodies, you see. 
That, that's what it is. We are a three-part being, like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we must be in agreement in our spirit, soul, and body, just like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are in heaven. So that's something that you and I must keep in mind, because if we don't do that, we're not in faith, you see. That's God's plan and his will for us. Point one. Point one, okay? All right. The next thing the Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. He drink and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart, his heart is not with thee. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think about yourself, what you are, like if I look at myself and say, what, who, what is it? What, what is he? Who is he? Oh, he's not much account. He's no good. Uh, he's a failure. He's a loser. He can't make it. If I think like that, what am I going to become? A loser, right? A failure. But if I think I'm a child of God, I can do all things through him, I must depend on my ability. It's the ability of God. God takes care of me. I'm the greater one's inside of me. You see, if I have an attitude like that, then I'm right, aren't I? I'm going to become that because what you think in your heart, you're going to speak out of your mouth, and you're going to start to act it out in your, your body, and you'll become it. You'll eventually become what you believe in your heart if you stick with that. And you certainly don't want to stick with the negative thoughts that you would think in your heart, you see. And a lot of people leave their emotions and what other people say, what their past circumstances are, maybe past uh, failures, so-called failures, things that have happened, they just kind of beat themselves up for that and just kind of, well, I can't go any further. I'm a, I'm a failure. I've messed up too many times, so I just can't go any further in this thing. And they give up. But you see, when you have that attitude, you're not in a place to go anywhere, you see. We have to look at our attitudes. It's, what am I thinking about myself? Am I really thinking God's word in my life? Or am I talking about God in my real heart of all hearts? I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to make it. It's going to be a flop. It's not going to work out. Oh, my, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm sick. I'm not going to make it. Oh, my. Oh, what's this going to happen? What's that going to happen? And you lay in bed chewing your fingernails. You can't sleep. You're restless. You have a frown on your face. How are you acting? What do what you really examine yourself, folks? You have to examine yourself. What do you really think of yourself? Or what are you really thinking? You know, the Bible tells us out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what do you talk about the most? What kind of a conversation are you conversing with others? I can talk to a man or a woman a very, very short time and know where they're coming from. I'll know if they're in faith or out of faith. Are they really a believer or, uh, or what is it, you see? It's very simple because uh, there's so much negativity in this world. If you're in negativity, it just flows out like a river. Just like a man or woman in Jesus Christ, if they're walking in the power of God, it flows like a river through them. So you're, you're uh, given evidence of who you really are, you see. But the most important thing isn't what people are thinking of you. What are you seeing yourself? Because if you're not seeing yourself, how are you going to correct it? You've got to know something's wrong before you can correct it, right? So one thing we all need to do is we think in our hearts, this, what is our thoughts? Do we have hope for the future? Do we have faith for now? Do we know in our know that, hey, everything's going to be all right. I'm more than a conqueror. Things are getting better. My, my issues, my uh, challenges, I'm meeting these challenges. God has given me victory over them. Nothing can overtake me because I'm more than a conqueror. Uh, do you have this kind of a, a spirit about you, this type of a confession, you see? We overcame by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimonial. What Jesus did, that's the blood of the Lamb. The provisions he gave for you and I is his blood. He did his part. Now, our part is our testimony, and if we receive that, if we declare it, we act upon it, and we walk in it. You see, that's our job, you see. His job was finished 2,000 years ago. He's not going to do any more. God's not going to do this for you. He done done it, as I can say. He has done done it. 2,000 years ago. Now it's up to you and I to partake of it at the, the buffet, the buffet of whatever we have need of, just to partake of it, make it a part of our lives, and act upon it. And if we do that, then we'll get the benefit. But if we don't, it's just like going to a food buffet. If you don't go to the buffet and, and go to pick up something to eat, you can sit there at the table with an empty plate, and if you don't go over to the buffet to get something, you can starve to death, can't you? The food's there. It's there to help you. But if you don't partake of it, don't do you any good. And that's the way with the Word of God. That's the way with the Scriptures, you see. And that's what I, I said tonight. 
about this as I was uh, preparing my heart, my mind, and everything about it. Uh, it's it's to keep these things in our minds. You have to, and you know, it's easy to get lose them in your mind. It's easy to when pressure comes on. If, if you're not careful, and something you never should do is act upon your emotions. Stop and think before you act. If you act on your emotions, it'll get you in trouble every time because your emotions are not godly. Emotions are not godly. Emotions are going to generally cause you to do what the old man does, you see, the carnal man, the man that has been supposed to be dead, you see. Our carnal man is supposed to be dead. We're to reckon ourselves dead, but if we leave our emotions uh, go, you see, a dead man doesn't have emotion, does he? So keep that in mind. Okay, the next scripture to keep in mind. So now uh, we see John 4, 4. You are of God, little children. You have overcome them, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You know, that scripture should be enough. When you stop and think about it, when you stop and think about that scripture right there, not if, but the greater one's inside of me, okay? The Spirit of God's inside of me. And that's the Holy Spirit, and, of course, that means Jesus. That means the Father. The Trinity's inside of me. By the Holy Spirit, my connector is in there, right? Now, if I really believe he's within me, that means he protects me. That means he directs me. That means he gives me the ability to do what he calls me to do. That gives me the ability to obey his word and do what he tells me to do in it, even though I know I can't do it myself. It gives me the ability to do the supernatural. It gives me the ability to please him. It gives me the ability to be more than a conqueror in all things. Him alone, because that's the empowerment. The greater one's the empowerment. He's inside of me, so therefore it's no longer it does it by the Spirit of God that does it. You see, it's God's Spirit, his Holy Spirit that gets the job done. It isn't me that gets the job done. Anything that happens in this program tonight is not me. It's God by his Holy Spirit. It's not me. All I am is a mouthpiece, you see, an anointed mouthpiece of God. And if I'm an anointed mouthpiece of God and I believe that, you receive what God's Word says, it'll happen because it's God's Word. It's not my Word. It's God's Word. I'm talking about God's Word here. So the greater one's in you. So when you walk, it says, though I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. No matter what you face, knowing the greater one is inside of you is really the bottom line to everything. What else could be better than knowing he is with you? He's going to take care of you. He's not going to leave anything go wrong with you. He'll protect you. He isn't like people would just drop you or just kind of run when the occasion doesn't suit them. But he stays with you. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. We have to hold on to that, keeping in mind, as I said earlier, keep in mind I'm not going to leave you, is what he tells us. The greater one, I am the greater one, and I'm in you, and I will not leave you. I'm your enabler. I'm your enabler for all things. Everything that my word says, I enable you to do it, even though these things you can't possibly do. But what's impossible for you is possible for me because things are impossible for man. With God, no things are impossible because all things are possible with God. That's what he tells us. I can do the impossible, not myself, but God through me does it, you see. God through you does it. God through anybody dares to believe it. And it doesn't matter your calling. It's not about being a five-fold minister, a prophet, evangelist, teacher, whatever you might be. That is not what it's about at all. It's about whosoever will take my word and apply that word will get the results from it. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall cast out devils. If they drink any deadly thing, it won't hurt them. Okay, what does that mean? Does it say apostles? Did it say pastors, teachers, or whatever? No. It said they. It's speaking of people. Whosoever wills. We are all people. Forget about what your title is, your calling, you know. A lot of times I get on the program and I'll, I'll say my name. I'll say apostle, teacher. I, I operate basically in all five of these these uh, uh, giftings right here. And I do, you know. But it, it isn't important the titles. I, sometimes I, I ask my wife, I say, you know, what should I mark down here? Paul's a prophet because I'm called all these things and I operate in these things because I'm I'm not too concerned about 
titles at all. I'm not at all concerned if you want to know the truth. I'm just concerned that I walk in those titles and I'm effective in them. That's what concerns me. That's the important thing. You know, titles, a lot of things like that try to puff people up. I'm this, I'm that. And, hey, that's prideful. And forget about that nonsense. I just want the reality of it to walk, walk, work in my life, you see. And you want him to work in your life that way. We all want God to work in our lives. So uh, we, we have to get away from that. So remember, he is in you, you see. No matter who you are, you can be the newest Christian, you can be the oldest Christian, the least educated, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter because you're not operating on your ability. You're operating on his ability, you see. We're going to learn that a little bit further down in the the word tonight. Okay, the next verse, Romans 8.11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. In other words, there's no if about it. He's telling you, he said, it dwells in you. The power that brought Jesus back from the dead, it resurrected him. The resurrected, because remember, without the resurrection of Jesus, everything in the Bible would have been nothing. It depended in that resurrection, the resurrection from the dead. When he resurrected, that, of course, that uh, right before everything, he went through the things where actually went to the Father and he, he sprinkled the blood on the, the seat, mercy seat. But that had to be, you see, that resurrection. Now, that resurrection power dwells in us. Boy, that's something to meditate on, folks. You know, it's one thing to be speaking on this a little bit right here, but that's something we can just meditate on because that resurrection power, that power that raises the dead, that power that created the earth, that power that did everything, that's the power of God is in you. We don't even begin to operate in that, folks. We just have a small glimpse of that because we have that mightiness in us. If we just dare to allow him to use us, what can he do? If we just dare, you see, <coughs> excuse me, we can't be bothering ourselves to be in a church four-wall building, and that's as far as it goes. We have to get out of the box, get out of traditions, and start following the Holy Ghost, you see, by the Word of God. A lot of traditions are of men and a lot of things that keep us down bound, you know. But we need to be free to do the things that God has us do. Don't think about what people will think of you as you do certain things, because I'm going to tell you something. The things that are going to be happening now, a lot of the church folk are not going to accept. They're going to think it's uh, craziness. They're, oh, they're going crazy. They're wild. That's wild. Well, I'll tell you what. When God does things, it is pretty wild, because cause God isn't a human being. When God does things, it's mighty. You know, it's one thing to read the Scripture and say of the mighty things that happened, you know, as far as the Red Sea, as far as walking on water, and we can talk about great miracles, great things. But then when it happens in this life, many people will back away and say, ooh, woo, that's a little bit further than I want to go. That's a little bit out there. Hey, it was in the Bible, right? But how soon they forget. We have to dare to to take it by the hand, just take a hold of that thing and allow the Lord to use us what he wants us to do. We have to step out there and get out of that boat because that's what God's looking for today. Men and women are going to get out of that boat and dare to just believe him. He's going to work a work, he said it in Habakkuk 1.5, which he showed me many years ago, that we wouldn't even believe if he showed it to us. So that's going to show you how many people are going to doubt. But don't matter how many people doubt what you're doing. When you know God it has a hold of you and he directs you to do something, you continue on doing that thing. Never stop for what people think or say. Don't, don't get man's approval. Get God's approval. But when you know it's God, never stop. Never stop. Because there's only one approval you need, and that's of God. Okay? The next thing right here, and that, that's, a, that's powerful. That, I could stay on that all night here. I'm just, I, I, actually, I had 12 verses here. The first one I read was Romans 12. And uh, I have these verses. I'm going to go over them so you can write them down and meditate upon them because it isn't enough me teaching this and speaking on these right now. It's, you have to get with these verses, you and the Lord, and leave him minister to you personally, you see. This is just a little refresher here. This is just a little, little uh, part right here to get you started, to get you stirred up a little bit. Now, Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Okay, you know what that really means? It doesn't mean I can do what I want to do and everything. 
It means I can do all things that you would have me to do through Christ, who gives me the ability to do it, empowers me to do it. That's really what it boils down to. What you're called to do, you're provided for, and you're enabled to do, and you have everything that you need to accomplish that 100%. God doesn't assign you for one thing that he doesn't make the provision for. He provides for you what he calls you to do because he sees that as a done product. He sees that 100% done, and he knows what it takes. All you and I have to do is just get his word and just follow him out. I've seen it happen a number of times in my life, uh, starting churches, uh, writing a book, doing things that I never knew about, uh, how to do them in the mechanical way, so to speak. But he provided the, the people I needed. He provided the knowledge I needed. He made the way, provided the finances and what have you to get the job done in areas. Uh, it used to be a number of years ago I was half afraid to get on a computer. I didn't even have enough trust to get on a computer. I just uh, leery about it, you know, a, a device like that. But now, I mean, <laughs> just so many things, you know, that God just takes you through and takes you to. But you have to dare to do it, you see. If I could stood back there and said, well, I don't want any parts of the computer. I'm just going to stay away from it. Well, I never want anywhere. But you gotta, you got to step out. you got to get out of that boat, out of that, that mentality. Because, folks, we're in a, a different timing right now. Business is not as usual. Straddling the fence is not an option anymore. Playing games is not an option anymore. Uh, being uh, Just doing your own thing is not an option anymore. Because we're living a time we're either going to sink or swim. And that isn't to make anybody fearful in any way because you're going to swim in Jesus. But if you try to go without Jesus, it's a sure way to sink and drown. There's no hope in this world. There's no hope for you. There's no hope for me outside of Jesus Christ. He is the only hope, and he will always be the only hope for everything. He's our only hope, Jesus Christ. It's through our Lord. He's all, our all in all. That's why he said, I am. And I am means everything that you have need of. I'm everything. God says, I am. You see, and he is. And Jesus said, anything you ask, I am, he said, he will do it. And if you ask him in my name, in the name of Jesus. And we get all this knowledge through the Holy Spirit, which is actually our connector to God the Father, God the Son, you see, through the Holy Spirit. Okay. Romans eight thirty seven. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You know, the Lord showed me this right here, and you know when it says more than conquerors, you know what that means? And I've used this example many times, but it's the best one that I've, I've heard yet or could use that I know of yet. Anyhow, it's just like you're in the jungle, and you don't uh, have anything, uh, any blade or anything to cut through, and you have to go through the, the, the trees and through the shrubs and whatever all is in the jungle. It's just like Jesus had that machete, and he's walking ahead of you, and he's cutting the things down, and you are following him, and you don't have a thing in your hand, but you're just following him, the trail that he's making. You're not running into the trees or anything because he's cut it all down for you, and you're just following him, you see. Now, if you go to the left or the right off the path, you're going to run into the trees, aren't you? Or you're going to run into the trump. But if you follow him, he's macheting it down. So I'm not a conqueror of what he's doing. I'm more than a conqueror because I'm following the one that conquered it, so therefore I'm more than a conqueror. I'm following the one that conquered it for me. It's Jesus Christ is his name. So you see it in that light. He's conquered that for you, and you follow him. He's cutting the trail for you. He's cutting that trail for me, but you and I have to follow that trail. And we follow that trail. Guess what? I read the end of the book, and it said we won. If you and I follow the trail. That's a condition. The condition in everything in the Bible is if. You know that? Did you know that's the biggest condition? If. Now, if I choose to do my own little old thing, I'll wind up in the ditch, right? If I choose to follow him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's not bad, is it? Amen. That's just cutting it like it is. That's telling it like it is, folks. Okay, so I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Notice that, through him. I'm more than a conqueror through my going through the woods or the jungle with a machete. No, through him going through the jungle and machete, me following him, through him, I'm more than a conqueror, if I follow him. Okay, First uh, John 2, or First Corinthians 2.16, 
For who hath known the mind of Christ of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let me read that again. First Corinthians two sixteen. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? Well, of course, nobody. But we have the mind of Christ. Folks, we have the mind of Christ. We have that mind of Christ. Now, let me let me uh, uh, say something to to you. Uh, you know, Isaiah fifty five eight and nine says, "God's ways are not our ways, but they're above our ways. His thoughts are on our thoughts; they're above our thoughts." Okay, the ways and thoughts of God are above ours, so I can't know them, can I? But it's telling me here I have the mind of Christ. Now, if I have the mind of Christ, do I have the mind of Christ twenty four seven? If I'm in the spirit, walking and, and uh, tuned in, have my radio on, yes. But if I'm doing my own thing, just uh, messing around and everything like that, uh, no. I have to be in the spirit. Now, it doesn't mean I'm on my knees all the time. It doesn't mean I'm reading the Bible all the time or whatever. I can be watching a TV program. In fact, I've got some of the great revelations watching a TV program. God giving me sermons just watching a TV program. Or I'd be watching the program, and right away I'd write down what I got because he'd give me something. It was a secular program. It wasn't a bad program, nothing I'm ashamed of. It wasn't a wrong program, but it was just a, it was a TV program, all right? And I would get things. So you see, uh, if you're open, if your heart is ready with God, no matter if you're playing golf, watching TV, driving your car, taking a shower, visiting friends, going to a movie, or whatever you're doing, uh, no matter what you're doing, if you're tuned in to God, he knows if you're tuned in, if you mean business, you're there, you see. You're not praying all the time. You're not reading all the time. You're not doing this all the time. But your mind, hearts in the Lord. And then when you, like, win a store or something like that, and somebody might, uh, and I've had this happen numerous times, the, the clerk would be there and just have a clear blue say, I don't feel good. I'm sick. Or something else. Or it could be a, maybe the waitress or something. Well, you have a chance to minister to them. We've had that chance many times. My wife and I go into places of this. It happens. Now, if we weren't in the spirit of God, if we weren't meaning business, we'd say, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But, hey, you don't tell people something like that. You give them an antidote for it. Oh, is that right? Well, listen, I, would you mind if I pray for you? Could I pray for you and encourage you? Maybe a word you say or whatever or prayer or whatever. And you start to minister to them, you see. That's an invitation to ministry right there. Whenever people will say something to you like that, people don't know you just out of a clear blue. You see, you and I, <coughs> excuse me, if we're not in that state that we're ready, willing, and able, then we need to get ready, willing, and able. Because I've, I've missed the boat myself sometimes that way. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you I'm 100% and everything because I'm not, neither is anybody else. But I'm going to tell you this. When I miss something there, I say, oh, God, forgive me. I missed that. I should have done that. I feel like kicking myself in the backside. You know that? But I'm going to tell you this. We need to be that way. You see, that shows that we're really instant in season if we're instant out of season. And I've proven in my walk pretty much that I'm instant in and out of season, what, where I've been, what I've had to do, and what came against me, and, and still coming out that people never even realized it and ministering to them. I mean, basically, I'm pretty much instant in and out of season, but I'm telling you, uh, that, that is a thing that, that is not a Medal of Honor thing that's saying, oh, they're instant in and out of season, oh, they're great men. No, that's our reasonable service. That's what God expects from you and from me. If I'm not instant in and out of season, we're displeasing God. So we need to look at ourselves, just where am I? Just where are you in these things that we're talking about here tonight? Are these things a part of you? Are you exercising your life? Or you say, well, I know about me. I know where to do it. Yeah, but are you doing it, you see? That's what I ask myself. Am I really doing this? I'm preaching this to you right now, teaching this to you. Am I doing it? It's a hard thing to teach if you're not putting the effort forth in doing it, you know? And that's what you and I have to do. That's why it says work out your salvation with fear and with trembling. You work out what the Bible says. We're working these things out. We're learning and we're growing. We're becoming more proficient at it understand how to do it better, understanding when to do it. We're all learning, folks. And I'll tell you what, a million years in heaven from now, a million years from now when we're in heaven, you know what? We're going to still be learning. We never come to an ending of it, folks. We never, we're always learning. We're always a, a wheel, we're on the God's wheel in progress. 
we're a work in progress, as they say. We're a work in progress because if we knew it all, it wouldn't be God. And I have news for you. God does know it all. And uh, um, 10 million years from now, he's still teaching us because he, he doesn't say, well, I taught you everything I know. God is, is endless. So you see, it's infinity. There isn't such a thing as an end. God never had a beginning. He never had an end. So we're talking about uh, infinity. We're talking about things that are so far out there, we hardly have even the mind to think about them right now. So I'm not going to get into the detail of it, but I will say this. You see, that's what we where we are. So these little things that I'm mentioning to you are minute as we look into the full picture. Okay. I see where I'm at right here now. Okay. Ephesians 2, 6. For... He has raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places, together in heavenly places in Christ. Right now, my spirit man is in heavenly places. My body is here on earth. But my spirit man, my thoughts and where I'm at is in the heavenlies. So therefore, I'm operating what I have in the heavenlies, not what I feel when I think in this earth, you see. In other words, this earth, me, doesn't have anything in it. He does, and I have to keep me out of the picture, otherwise nothing's going to happen. You see what I mean? So, therefore, you're living in the heavenlies. You're on earth, and you're earthly good, but you have to apply the heavenlies to this earth and become productive, you see, and that's where we learn, you see. So you are truly in heavenly places if you're in Christ, and you need to realize that. See, that needs to be in your mind. You need to recognize that, hey, I'm in heavenly places. I'm in heavenly places. I'm on this earth, yeah, but this life is short. I'm already seen in heavenly places. I'm going to be going there one of these days. In fact, we're all going to be there before very long because Jesus is coming soon, folks. But we have to recognize that our life is, we're just passing through this earth. We're just passing through. We're going to the heavens, the heavens, into heaven, you see. We're bypassing all these things because but what we have to do now is a lot of work. We have a lot of work to do to get as many people aboard as we can. Many people saved. We get get as many people set free, delivered, lives changed, healed of all the misery that's on this earth, all the lost people are on this earth. Man, we have so much. The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And you know what that actually means? It doesn't mean the harvest is really ripe. It means it's rotten. In other words, it's rotting here. I mean, it's pathetic to what we're seeing, a lot of the needs. So it's rotting, and the laborers are few, the Bible says. So you and I need to say, Lord, help me to do the part that you've ordained me to do. That's what my prayer is. Lord, I want to do what you've called me to do. I know I can't do it all. I know I don't know it all. I'm not equipped to do it all. But I want to do my part. I want to do it the best I can, be the best at it that I can be. That's my desire, be the best I can be, not better than other people. This guy does this, and he does that, and she does that. Uh that's prideful. No, no, no. Be the best that you can be for what you are to do. You don't compare yourself to others because there is no comparison. He that commits or compares himself to another one, the Bible says, is not wise. And I want to be wise. I don't want to be stupid. <laughs> you don't compare yourself to somebody else. That's stupid. That starts strife. Just be the best you can be for what you're called to do and be satisfied in it. The most satisfying thing is in what you do. The most satisfying and most beneficial thing is being the center of the will of God for what he has for you because that's when life becomes much easier and much better. Amen? Think about that. Think about that. Okay. Next thing here, we just have a couple more to go. These things, John sixteen thirty three. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I'll overcome the world. Okay, he's, he's telling us this right now. And uh, he says, uh, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Things are going to come against you. You're going to have things, a lot of challenges. But be of good cheer, because I've overcome it. And if I've overcome it, you're in me, so you're going to overcome it too. You're an overcomer, you see. He said, follow me, you're an overcomer. 2 Timothy 3.12 says if those that live God in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Okay? Psalms 34.19 says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. In other words, these are promises too. Promises I don't like to hear, and I know you don't like to hear them, but things that we face, 
but through him and in him we are overcomers of it. But we don't lose control and say, I give up, I'm just going to forget it, just throw it in it, no more. I can't go on any further. I can't deal with this anymore. This tribulation, people persecute me. I'm having a hard time. I'm having tribulation, affliction. Everything's coming to me, blah, 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 blah. You see, he says, be of good cheer because you're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. And that's what we are. We are overcomers because we are more than conquerors to him, remember? He's made a way for us. He's went through these things. And being he's went through them, we follow his pathway and his word. Guess what? We're going to overcome them too, aren't we? We're more than conquerors. We're just following his trail. Being he's an overcomer, we're following the trail of an overcomer when we follow Christ. Never thought of that. That's true. We're following the trail of an overcomer. We're, we're following one that, that defeated the race. He ran the race in perfection. So can you think of anybody better to follow than one that ran the race perfectly? I'm not running a race perfectly. Neither, neither is you or neither any other Bible character is. <clears throat> Nobody has ran the race perfectly. We make our mistakes. We fall short. But we keep going and keep following him, and we get through, you see. His grace forgives us of our shortcomings. His grace forgives us of how we miss it. And I'm going to tell you a little something here, kind of go a little side trail here about grace. You know what grace really is? And uh, God showed me this a couple of years ago. I, I, I wrote, well, I wrote a book, uh, Overpowering Influence of the Truth. And I, I had a book on grace in there, and I didn't get this until after I wrote this book a couple of years later. But I want to tell you this. Grace is this. This is what God intended you are to do the best you can in what God's called you to do. And that's said without fact. You can't even think about it or debate that. And that's what God expects to do our best, right? Grace tells us that even though you are doing your very best, maybe your very best would just be 80%. Some might be 90. Some might be 70. Some might be 65. But our grace or our best will never be perfect. Our best will lack. When you're doing your very best, you're going to be lacking one way or another, right? Grace is the enablement of what you lack. He says, all right, you did your best, son. Grace brings you up to 100%. You did 65%, that's your best. You did 80%, that's your best. There it is. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people half-heartedly do not their best. They just half-heartedly, and then the grace of God sustains them. And uh, uh, it does, uh, God's grace thing many times, but then that's what you call frustrating the grace of God. When you say, well, I'll just do what I feel like doing this. I have grace, God. You're going to give me grace anyhow. And I'll tell you what, sometimes that might not work because God is graceful. But after a while, you don't play God. You know, God is very graceful and loving in what he does. But he expects out of you and me to do our best, you see. And we're not going to go anywhere in the Lord if we're not doing our best. So he expects that. So let's do our best and have grace that we're worthy of. We're not worthy of grace to begin with, but we are less worthy of it when we kind of fool around and don't do what we're supposed to do, just lollygag, and then expect God to do it, you see. We expect God to do everything. And it's time that you and I don't do that. It's time that we just do our best. It's a little bit like President Kennedy said way back in 1961, I believe it was, Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Ask not what God can do for you, but what you can do for him. Seek my face, not just my hands, and that's what it is. We need to seek the face of God to please him, not just what he's going to give to us, you see. Because if we seek the face of God, we won't have to seek the hand of God as much because seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you in Matthew 6.33. Okay, the next thing. No weapon formed, this is Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon formed against us shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon formed against you or me will prosper. And you know what that means? The attacks of Satan are told here in Isaiah 54, 17, they will not prosper. Now, why is it that when you're attacked by something from Satan, or people when they're attacked by something from Satan are worried right away, oh, my heavens, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, 
According to Isaiah 54, 17, it won't prosper. Why do they worry about that? Why do they allow things to come and, and really get troubled about that? Well, they don't believe this verse. They don't believe that the greater one's inside of them. God is protecting them, and they bind the force of hell, and I'm not going to receive this thing that's come against me, whether it's a sickness, a disease, or, or what it might be. They, they, they think, well, hey, this thing's going to come and overtake me. Well, he says here it's, it won't prosper. I mean, that's no weapon formed against you will prosper. That's God's word. So, therefore, he must have plans to do something about that. But he said, I can't do anything about that if you don't believe it. Remember, thy faith has made thee whole. It's your faith, be it so be it unto you. Remember, he couldn't do much in his own hometown because of, of their lack of faith, of belief. They didn't believe him, you see. That's one thing God can't do. God has, has limited himself to some things. Now, we realize God can do things in spite of us many times, but he doesn't do things against his word. But faith is the key. Without faith, we cannot please him. So you see, you have to know what's coming against you, what you're being challenged with. If you deal with it by the word of God and really believe it and really hang in there and stand there about that thing with a pure heart, According to this verse, it says it shall not prosper, because he said, I'm on your side. He says, he says right here, he says, every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. So what comes against you uh, in judgment, you condemn really those things by standing on God's word, you see, by standing on God's word. But what comes against you, the truth of the word of God, that that will nullify these things. And then God steps into the picture and takes care of business. Now, that's the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's something that comes to you and I as his servants. That comes to you and I, that uh, these weapons will not prosper. If we stand up and declare them and bind them, cast them down in the name of Jesus, stand over and on God's word on these things, that's all right, he said. That, that's one of the benefits of us as, as his servants. He said, that's a benefit for you. These things aren't going to hurt you because I'm going to take care of you. But you do this. You rise up and speak against these things. Okay, because they're right standing or righteousness of me, says the Lord. So we're of the Lord. They're right standing there and right standing with me. They're pleasuring me. So therefore, you're coming against me, Satan, and you are not going to win, you see. He's taking care of business for us again. You see, he's got it. God's got it, period. God has got it. No matter what you see, what you smell, what you feel, what has happened before, what people are saying, what people are not saying, you have to lock that into the mind there. Keep in mind, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. So this message, keep in your mind and how to deal with your mind. Make sure it stays in your mind. Don't let the garbage get into your mind, you see. That's what this message is really about. That's why the Lord impressed me to deal these few verses with you, give you this. Now, I have one more verse to say to you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, this is a good one to close on. <clears throat> For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you as an expected end. God has good plans for every man, woman, boy, and girl if we follow him. That's everybody. That isn't just one, two, three, or four people. That's everybody. He's saying he knows the thoughts that he has towards every one of us. And he says thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected and a good end, to help you, to bless you for your own good, you say. So the scriptures I used here tonight, I'm going to just uh, kind of speak them hurriedly uh, down there because you need to look over these scriptures. You need to meditate on them and just see what, what it means to you because we need to keep these scriptures in mind. This is what God had showed me right here, these scriptures, to keep these in mind and to deal with, with your mind, to make sure you maintain them, to do a, a check on yourself, to check yourself out. Am I working on this? Am I walking on this? Am I doing this? Or am I leaving myself break in and break down because of the attacks of the enemy? You see, we have to. We're in a war. We have to make sure we're we have that full armor on. Okay, that full armor on, so we're able to deal in this thing so we don't get hurt. You see, the first scripture is Romans twelve two. The second scripture was 2 Corinthians 10.5. The third was Proverbs 23.7. 1 John 4.4 4 was the next one. 
Romans 8.11, Philippians 4.13, Romans 8.37, 1 Corinthians 2.16, Ephesians 2.6, John 16.33, Isaiah 54.17, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Now, this message uh, shortly, I think, well, about after the time, it'll come back on in the on demand section, and I would advise you to listen to it again. And if you uh, didn't get all these scriptures, and everything that I said right here, you can listen to it and you can pick it up there. You'll be able to stop and go forward and everything, and you'll be able to control it. And uh, you'll get these scriptures on there, and you'll get what I said on there. I would advise you to listen to it again and get as many people as you can to listen to it because this is where the body of Christ has been missing it. We haven't had, first of all, the mind. What is in our mind? What are we minding? What are we, what do we really have in our minds? Are we ever locked in on these things or are we half-hearted in it, you see? If we're double-minded, the Bible says in James it won't receive anything of God because we're unstable in our ways. If I'm thinking, well, hey, I've got this, or do I have this? I've got it. No, I don't have it. This will work. Oh, no, it won't work. That's double-mindedness. And God, you know what it's really like? It's like, remember when Jesus said, uh, the word tells us, it says that what he does with lukewarm people, he spews them out of his mouth, right? The Lord spews uh, lukewarm. And double-minded is like lukewarm because it's not yes and it's not no. It's in between. Cold and hot, you know, uh, water is uh, warm water. Well, it's actually hot water and cold water. What's between the two? Lukewarm. It's not hot or it's not cold, he said, but it's lukewarm. He spews it out. And that's sickening because that's a double-minded person. That means I'm part of the wrong and I'm part of the right. I'm part of the right. I'm part of the wrong. You see, you've got to be all the way or none of the way in it is what it boils down to. So we need to keep our, our minds really set on him today more than ever because I, I can't express it enough. I know in my own life what I sense about this thing myself and, and really that I make sure that I'm in it the way I need to be and, and more dedicated and everything because uh, I, I get that in my spirit. I get that in my spirit because we can't get too close to God in this last day in particular because, first of all, we want to be rapture ready. Secondly, we want to have some fruit. We want to take some souls with us. We want to have some fruit. We want to have some rewards up there, some works, you see. And God wants to use us that way. We want to be fruitful, multiply, and hear him tell us at the end, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. And if we follow these few verses right here that I gave you and we believe them and take them to heart, <clears throat> you and I are going to be well on our way to pleasing God to hear and God tell us that when we enter in. Okay? All right, well, listen, that is everything I have for tonight, but I'm going to say a prayer before I close, and then we'll close after I'm done praying, okay? Father, I just want to praise you and thank you for your word tonight to us all, Father. We realize that that is a word that every year, including my year, needs to hear, needs to apply to their lives. And, Lord, I would ask you to help me, to help the listeners, to help everybody that hears this right here would apply it and see the fruit from it, and you would use them mightily. You would bless them mightily. Use them mightily. And, Father, just direct them, because, Father, you tell us in your word in Philippians 2.13, it's you that works in us to will and to do of your good pleasure. So I pray that your good pleasure will be done in every one of our lives in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, yes, and the anointing is destroying that yoke. The anointing destroys all yoke of bondage, of anything that's holding you back, anything at all. All sickness, all disease, all doubt, all fear, all lack, all double-mindedness, it must go. I declare sickness, disease, double-mindedness, fear, lack. You are more than a conqueror, saith the Lord. You are more than a conqueror. Go forth in my name, and I will use you in a mighty way. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 